Good morning everyone, it's great to meet together today. We'll be continuing on our series in Colossians by looking at Colossians chapter 2 this morning. Before we delve into this chapter, I thought it might be apt to share something that we have learned in the Farrell household during the season of lockdown. Johnny and I both love getting out into the garden and the sense of achievement that comes from a well-cut lawn or a freshly weeded flower bed. Perseverance is a characteristic that has been important in our gardening approach and we embarked on two slightly different projects during lockdown that required perseverance. Case study A, I present man versus tree stump. Johnny dedicated almost two days to this challenge to uproot an old tree stump in the front garden and could not have been more delighted at how his perseverance paid off. For case study B, I will present a short video of my own accomplishment, which started out as a project to weed around the base of the hedge. One of the things I love about the Easter holidays is the opportunity to get lots of stuff done around the house. And today, Laura suggested <laughs> I might pull some weeds out around the hedge. I thought, brilliant, I've got plans to stay in decking and all the rest. You look after the weeds. So this used to be our hedge. Gave pretty good cover. I couldn't really see through it before, but now we have some sort of horse jump. Just in case you thought that was some sort of camera trickery. Nope. My phone is on the street and this is me in the garden. Loads of space. Perseverance, a characteristic highly valued in the Farrell household. I'll let you guys decide who's had a more positive outcome. And so we come to Colossians 2, where Paul encourages the Colossians to continue, to keep going, to persevere. Last week, Johnny set the context for some of the challenges facing the church at Colossae where others, whether inside or outside the church, were teaching that Christ was not enough. We discover in this chapter some of those things that were being taught or encouraged, from the worship of angels and false humility to the claim that the laws of the Torah must be kept for the Colossians to somehow complete their commitment to Jesus Christ. And in chapter 2, Paul reminds the Colossians of three key things. This is what Christ has done in the cross. This is who you are in Christ. This is your response in following him. Interestingly, Paul writes his letter in the following order. This is your response in following him because this is who you are in Christ. Because this is what Christ has done on the cross. Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 to 7. It reads, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. In the ESV, it's translated this way. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul begins with a call to action, a call to continue, to keep going, to persevere, to walk in him, as the ESV puts it. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. I remember when I was 15 years old, I stood at Summer Madness in the King's Hall, broken and overwhelmed by the love of God, and I declared to Jesus, I'm all yours. 
And what Paul reminds the Colossians and us here is that to follow him is a continuous process. The verb is in the present tense. To walk in him is both that day I received Jesus at first, all those years ago at Summer Madness, and a combination of all those steps I have walked through the journey of being a Christian over the past 19 years. And it's also all the steps that I will continue to walk. Paul uses this analogy of motion, downward, upward, outward. We are to be rooted, downward, built up, upward and overflowing outward. Roots represent something that is underneath, the unseen but essential part of a tree or plant that grow down and make it possible for them to flourish. There are other times in scripture where we as people are likened to trees. Psalm 1 verse 3, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Jeremiah 17, verse seven to eight. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. What are the unseen but essential parts of our walk with Jesus that make it possible for us to grow? Do we delight in the law of the Lord? Do we trust in him? Do we allow our faith to grow deeper through prayer, worship, meditating on the word of God? Secondly, Paul uses the idea of being built up, an architectural metaphor conveying the idea of something that is above ground and therefore seen. As we live our lives, do we reflect the teaching of Jesus and put it into practice? In Matthew 7 and 24, Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He has just finished teaching the crowds what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Fasting, giving, not judging others, loving our enemies, to name a few. Are these the things that characterize our lives and show the rest of the world what following Jesus looks like? Finally, Paul encourages the Colossians to overflow with thankfulness, or as the message puts it, let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Living out of a place of gratitude is a choice. I remember one day God using a close friend of ours to challenge an attitude of complaint that I had allowed to grow in me. Our friend who has terminal cancer shared that he started each day by thinking of all the things he wanted to thank God for. I repented and the next day before I got up, I thanked God. Just like the Colossians, we can overflow only when we are rooted and built up in him. In Colossians 2 verses 8 to 15, Paul talks about who we are in Christ. Paul has declared the call to action right from the get-go, the response that he encourages the Colossians to take in following Jesus. Walk with him, stay rooted, be built up, overflow. In verses 8 to 15, he then speaks over the church who they are in Christ. He addresses their identity as believers and what he says to them is just as important for us as believers today. This is a summary. Don't let anyone take you captive. In Christ, you have been given fullness. You have been circumcised, which means to put off that old sinful nature. You have been buried with him in baptism. 
You have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God. You have been brought to life. Paul reminds the Colossians, you are alive and you are free. This is who you are in Christ. This is who we are in Christ. And this is only made possible because of the work of the cross. In Colossians 2, 13 to 15, Paul is declaring here that the cross is enough. And it reads, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Paul makes it very clear that Jesus both cancelled the written code and disarmed the powers and authorities. So what does that mean? The written code, the imagery here used is that of like an arrest warrant or the charges that would be received in a courtroom. By cancelling the written code, all that stood against us, all that condemned us, all that separated us from God, it was overcome by Christ's death. And anyone who has received Jesus Christ as Lord is therefore forgiven and free. Jesus also disarmed the powers and authorities. By this, Paul meant both the spiritual powers of darkness and their earthly representatives. The imagery here is of a victory parade when a city surrendered to a victorious general at that time, the conquerors would stage a victory parade and display their conquered enemies. Through the cross, Jesus triumphed over darkness, over evil, over death, over the enemy who is Satan. This is what Christ has done on the cross. It is finished and it is enough. Paul continues in verses 16 to 23 by saying, therefore, which is a way of saying because of who you are in Christ and because of what Christ has done on the cross, don't let others judge you by what you eat or drink or observe. Don't let others disqualify you for the prize. Don't lose connection with the head who is Jesus. Don't submit to the rules of the world to which you no longer belong. But let's return to what Paul does instruct the Colossians to do, right back where we started, this downward, upward, outward motion. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Stay rooted, be built up, overflow. So as we reflect on what we could take away from this morning, I'd like to suggest a few things for us to think over. First of all, this idea of downward. As we reflect on how to stay rooted, what are the unseen but essential parts of our walk with Jesus that make it possible for us to grow? How can we take time to delight in the law of the Lord, to be still, to pray, to worship, to meditate on God's word. Upward, as we are built up in our faith, what is it that we want others to see in our lives that will point them to Jesus? Forgiveness, generosity, kindness, love for an enemy. And outward, the message says, let your living spill over into thanksgiving. 
I'd like to finish with a simple challenge to start each day by thanking God for who he is and what he has done. Stay rooted, be built up, overflow. Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning for what Jesus has done on the cross. Thank you that it is finished and it is enough. Thank you, God, that we are free and we are alive. And God, I pray that you would help us to live out of that place of knowing who we are. I pray, God, would you help us to grow roots that go deep down into your love, that we would be built up and live out of a place of knowing you and knowing that we are loved by you, God. And I pray that your love would continually transform us, change us to be more Christ-like, God, so that the way that we live would point other people to you. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your kindness to us this morning. And I pray, Father, as we start each day, would we start it out of a place of gratitude, of knowing how good you are, how faithful you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.